0: Hi. Hello. I'm Julian.
1: My name is Tom. We are Team Binge, and
0: we are here to talk about episode six of a little show called 1899. This episode is called The Pyramid.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: Thanks, Jimmy. I don't know (laughs) I'm interested to know what the pyramid's all about, because thus far we've not seen a single pyramid in this entire (laughs) show. So I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, I already told you our names. So, the last episode I will point out was the only episode that didn't start like with a specific character, like waking up and and they kind of broke protocol on the mm-hmm. on the last one because it was yeah, Mara like the first on the mountaintop. Yeah, this one we're back to like character specific kind of stories where mm-hmm. they do the like flashbacks and we kind of find out a deeper and so this one is the Tove episode Mm -hmm. and the show just gets more as Tom likes to say bonkers from (laughs) where it left us off last time so it sure does no more preamble Tom let's get down to the constitution you ready let's do it man all right Tove wakes up and it's always Mara saying, "Wake
1: up!" Mm-hmm.
0: And she is chasing Ada. And I don't remember this character. Which one was Ada? I don't. Is she still on the boat? Did she?
1: What's she's Ada's deal? She's not on the mortal plane, but she's on this plane. Hmm. Oh yeah, Ada died. She died yes. very sadly. Yeah. No. 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 I'm still sad. But Daniel about was it. sorry. Daniel was sorry, so Daniel. it's okay.
0: Oh, that's a good point. So he must have used the poppet, right? Did he use the poppet? Is that how he was? That was my question in that last
1: episode or last pod talking about like when he's turning these people off and we see them kind of like just shut down in front of him from the use of the poppet. Is that how he killed all these people in the very beginning to kind of start all the, you know, rabble rousing?
0: Okay. I did not understand your question when we talked about it because I'm (laughs) just making the realization (laughs) right now in real time in 2050. (laughs) As we do this in real time, and there are flying cars, I am just realizing that's why all those bodies started showing up on the deck, because Daniel could not stop being on his poppet. And this is something I'd like to talk about modern society. Like, we are always on our phones. Back in 1899, they were always on their poppets. You couldn't even make conversation with people. They're just staring yep. down at their poppets, turning people off, making them die. Anyways... <laughs> Tove is chasing Ada and then this gentleman with some outrageous facial hair pops out and then she wakes up and mm-hmm. everyone's in the telegraph room. Everyone loves a good telegraph room. It's where all the news is coming in so you get to discuss everything. They're like, oh, this one says up, left, up, left, up, left. Anyway. This was modern day Twitter. Modern day Twitter, which is still around. Run by Tom Twitter. Tove. Comes to, I believe, points the gun at Mara. Daniel like tries to defend her, but Tove is like, she wants the boy. She thinks he's the devil. She thinks he's the cause. I will say, Tom, this one started very suddenly with Tove going after the boy, mm-hmm. uh, which I was a little bit confused by. But Daniel defuses the situation by, once again, kind of like the captain and the coal <laughs> bringing up some practical things that they need to do.
1: Yeah, I think he's the one that mentions, like, hey, we're, you know, just a sitting duck right here. We need to get, because at this point, they've lost power to the ship, right? Because there's no coal being shoved in. Um, So they're just literally a sitting duck in the middle of the water. So Daniel says that they've got to get the ship running again.
0: Yep. And it's Christmas time, kids. So just realize the ship can't run without coal. So if you do get coal (laughs) this Christmas, not always a bad thing. Sometimes (laughs) you need heat and energy. I love a good split up. I love what happens here. Captain Larson, without missing a beat, is like, listen, men, we're going to go to the engine room because that's where men deserve to be. (laughs) And then he's like, women, you go find if anyone's still alive. Miss Wilson, you seem sane. You're in charge. Uh, You two priests, you stay with the telegraph machine because everyone knows the telegraph machine is kind of like praying. You You just send something out into nowhere and you hope you get something back. That's the definition of prayer oh i hope my mom's not listening um and the first mate's gonna hang out with you too because he's not Mm -hmm. at all suspicious
1: yes at this point we know he's a secret agent man
0: he is a secret agent man and then captain larson's like i'm gonna take mara we're gonna look for the boy this is very much like that joke with scooby-doo where it's like the handsome fella is always like hey i'm gonna take the uh, attractive lady and we're gonna go look <laughs> behind the bushes and you guys go do other things um, anyways he's
1: well they certainly want to stay together because they're both and I think we get it in this next sequence like kind of keeping each other's secrets if you will so sure. they're they're kind of on their own mission so that makes sense yeah they're
0: like we need to trust each other and then they do they like let's come up with a handshake and then the show's like 20 minutes later and then we come back <laughs> and they're figuring out this super cool handshake
1: they're just doing trust falls yeah <laughs> oh i'd pay
0: money i'd pay money oh that would be so great it's kind of like the scene in the coal room where those two guys he's got garlic around his neck it's just played for comedy out of nowhere Then just being like all right now fall i trust you um i don't know what a trust fall is but i'm assuming that's what happens
1: well, you never trusted anybody in your life, so oh, that's,
0: I never will, Tom. <laughs> uh, the power surges; uh, stuff starts to form on the shenanigans machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to call it the mechanical doohickey, but we're going to go with <laughs> shenanigans machine. Tom, how would you describe? Because we're going to once again, we need kind of a, uh, a a code name for what is this black like? Um, it's almost like. If anyone's ever seen Big Hero Six, like the mm. the black um, omnibots or whatever—I don't know <laughs> what they're called—Decepticons. Um, when you brought up a I reference think...
1: that looks like it, but you still have no idea what the name is.
0: Yeah, I think they're called Shenanigan Bots in that one too. I don't know. That—that's what this like this weird like crystallized mm-hmm. black. I don't know. St- stalactites. Well, there's stalactites if they're on the floor, <laughs> but there's stela- stalactites if they're on the ceiling. I think it's um, reversed. Yeah. Flip those around and then call them whatever. What, what are we going to call this stuff, Tom? We need a name.
1: I don't know. Let's just call it the black crystals. But like the the fact that it starts at the mechanical doohickey or the shenanigans box, is that purposeful? Like, Does it emanate from this and then spread throughout the ship? Is that what your sense is?
0: Yes. Okay. I have no idea, but I'm just going to answer yes. Okay. <laughs> Mara and Captain Larson have a moment in the hallway uh, where they're keeping each other's secrets, and they're about to lock lips. Hey,
1: hey, hey. Yeah, do you get a sense that they're like, uh, oh, in like with each other here?
0: Yeah. They are so in like. <laughs> okay. So in like. Even though this guy's wife uh, is still smoldering, uh the he is moving on with mara that was Um, two
1: years ago right we've established on this podcast you get six months
0: (laughs) you did i said (laughs) i said you should die lonely is what my (laughs) response was plus a body can smolder after two years so uh anyways (laughs) team women are checking the rooms um mother danish Explains to Tove that she's like the chosen one, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is gonna, this is gonna come to play somewhere. I don't know. Is is Tove um, carrying the boy? Like, is that who, where the boy comes from? From Tove? Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's the only pregnant person, and there's only one child. So, can I make a connection <laughs> there? I don't know. Their hair color's different. I don't know how DNA works. Who knows? There's another split um, (laughs) where we divide into fractions even further. And I'm not going to tell you the numbers, but they split up the women group and Tove. And I think it's Tove and Clements go together, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, they kind of split up saying that they need to be able to find more of these kind of survivors. So to your point, this is the second of the split. So we've got some split group inception going on. But I think you had mentioned in the last pod, this was... This whole sequence of like the women going through all these different rooms is like super creepy, right? They play it for like the horror element, the way the Mm -hmm. lighting and shadowing is working. Like I was definitely expecting things to pop out.
0: Yeah. And they obviously haven't seen the wide shot of people jumping off the ship because if they (laughs) saw that, they'd be like, oh, no one's hanging out in any of these rooms. Everyone's swimming right now. Ying, I'm sorry, man, I've done that several times. Ling Yi is with the men. Mm-hmm. And they run into some black crystal growing mm-hmm. in the hallway. And they're like, let's touch it. And one guy's <laughs> like, I'm going to use my tongue. And the other guy's <laughs> like, I'm going to use my... And they're like, no, you can't say that. This is a children's show. And Daniel's like, listen, don't touch it.
1: What? And- I mean, th- 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 this I feel like is the appropriate time to ask. Like, what is this? Like, We... The only time we've seen this is from the opening credits, right? Like where we're seeing all the characters, it's all CGI'd and these these black crystal things, not to be confu- confused with white crystals, which I'm still struggling to get over. Is this like a timer that's going off at this point? Like, I mean, I don't know what the these the function of them are, but what we're seeing is this is potentially the timer for the reset of the ship, of the dream sequence. What, what's your thoughts here?
0: So you're thinking that the black crystal is essentially like when the dream se- sequence is coming to a close, the black crystal is a physical, uh, like a visual representation of like when everything's become so clouded with black crystal, mm-hmm. you wake up or you, yes. like you're, you're pulled out of whatever state you're in. Uh, it could be that. I mean, I don't know. I, I just like to think that it's self-growing coal you know these ships Mm. need to run on coal (laughs) and it's just coal you know that's why they didn't fill the the coal base you know they just knew more would grow so i'm a simple man simple solution occam's razor you know simple solution (laughs) is it's just coal growing on ships
1: i do want to mention though this is the second show that we've done that has some weird black goo ooze crystal in it that is going to transform people like literally we'll get to it later miss wilson touches it it turns her hand black uh we we apparently found a theme on our podcast just waiting for ted lasso to find some sort of black substance is this season
0: two of outer range is that what is that what we've come across this is, is this is the is this ship in the west pasture is that what's going on right now possibly for those of you that are confused we watched outer range on amazon It's timey-wimey. I'd put it in almost the same category as this show, but this show's maybe a little bit better done. Um, But you can join us for that one. Go talk to old Tom and Julian when they were watching Outer Range, the sci-fi Yellowstone, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: We like to call it pre-Rings of Power or post-Rings of Power. That was pre Rings of Power. That like was Tom and Julia.
0: That was when we still had our innocence before mm-hmm. Rings of Power <laughs> murdered all our dreams
1: and our money. And our <laughs> well, not our money, somebody's money.
0: I mean, I invested heavily. Yeah. <laughs> Who's dreaming? Is it you or me? This is a good mm-hmm. question by Captain Larson. He's like, "Are we in a dream? Is this real?" And then one of them's like, "Well, whose dream is it?" Mm-hmm. And I. I think it's interesting that you brought up Inception earlier because there is some like Inception vibes vibes with this of like mm-hmm. if it is a shared dream. And I didn't. I guess I never looked up. Did Christopher Nolan write this show? Do we know whether <laughs> or not Christopher so. Nolan no, no, no. wrote this? this show? The dark
1: people. They're German. I'm pretty sure.
0: If you scramble Christopher Nolan, does it spell <laughs> Bodar Dar Barack or whatever his name is? Yeah, yes. I know yes, it does. Oh well, that's good. They are back at the portal in the hills, mm-hmm. and every time, you're just like, man, I wish there were more weird square portals in <laughs> mountainsides, right?
1: So great. So great. Love that visual. They get out of this door pretty easily, right? Like, this thing is hovering, like, a couple feet off the ground, and they get out of it with no problem. Good I feel point. like they would stumble. Because <laughs> no yeah, stairs. I don't,
0: I don't <laughs> think they go feet first a lot of times. <laughs> I think they're yeah. going, like, head first. Like, you're falling, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's no step... Like you'd think at one point they'd be like, "Hey, let's move a step ladder over here just so we can get in and out a little bit easier."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: good point. But this
1: is let me bring this up. So this is where they had to steal the beetle, right, or catch the beetle, right? Doesn't Mara catch the beetle before they go in? Because otherwise, they would just go into this pit, and it's just a pit. They need the they need Ringo to do his little drum solo to open up these yep. doors
0: to go through the black tile, the black subway tile. Yes, they do need Ringo.
1: Okay. Yeah, I
0: I assume... I I know she catches the beetle in this episode. I don't remember when, but yes, that is the key to going through all these. And so this one, because I believe we're in her room, we then are in the mountaintop and we find out that it's uh, Mara's father's asylum house that they always see in the distance. Mm -hmm. We cut from there. Tove is having some... Uh, Baby Pains, Clemens talks in French. How these two are communicating, I have no idea. Uh, Clemens is like, you understand every word I'm saying, so I'm going to talk to you about, I always wanted love and marriage and babies. And turns out that's not all great. and um let's talk about that tom is love marriage and babies all that great i'm gonna i'm gonna i mean i think you and i are both aligned you've said it a lot of times not that great right <laughs> your words you're just <laughs> quoting you
1: not my words love marriage babies i mean they don't do much i would say like kids or toddlers are probably they're more fun but yeah all, all great things okay you heard it here you?
0: tom hates love marriage and babies please <laughs> quote him when you can as often as possible.
1: But I, I do kind of like the sequence because it's like each each character, we don't get it from Tove, but like from Clements' perspective, she's kind of saying like she envies uh, Tove's like strength and like her life that she's leading. Like even though, you know, clearly there's a class difference between these two characters, um, Clements envies her for, for like her strength and, and ability to kind of show that with everybody. And I think the sequence even ends with kind of uh Clemens putting on like literally pants right like she takes the pants off the uh uh rack and then puts them on and kind of makes a line about you know why women are why men put women in dresses and heels so they couldn't run away kind of thing i thought it was pretty cool
0: sure i i mean i didn't know that's why dresses and heels were invented this show taught me something i did not (laughs) realize that was to limit the uh foot race range of women so it's good to know Um, I do think for a family show, we saw quite a bit of like ankle when she, Mm. uh, she takes the dress off and she puts the pants on. So you could borderline um,
1: see Shin. It was inappropriate.
0: I, I just wish shows would put some sort of warning, you know, like, (laughs) Hey, there's going to be some naked Shin in this episode. (laughs) If there are kids in the room, you know, or you're sensitive (laughs) to that thing, please, you know, but I don't know in this day and age, there's just. There's no morals anymore, Tom. It's really... Also, there's a war on Christmas. I don't know. Anyways. All right. We go from there. Oh, she does put on pants. She looks great. We go from there. Olik is directing the coal room effort because he's been there before. He's like, hey, you guys are in my world now. Uh, and then he picks up a piece of coal and he does three finger stripes across his face. So he's got this super sweet coal face paint. Um, and they're like, you can't do that but he's directing the effort once again why can these two ex- understand each other and by these two i mean ling yi and olick they're talking i don't understand don't you do it tom you're not don't gonna you like tell my me answer. why
1: <laughs> you're not gonna like my answer buddy it's the power of love Ugh. huey lewis told us about the power of love and you're saying it right here buddy
0: i thought huey lewis told us about the news i thought that was his thing he just read no, the that headlines. was his second
1: band it was first oh. just Huey Lewis, and then he started to get political, get into the news. It was too much.
0: Really? Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like something I would know. I'm very political, Tom. Um, oh, we got ourselves a love story. Uh, mm-hmm. These two are smooching in the coal room, as one does. Um, Listen, I
1: probably would, too. If people are hopping off the ship, crazy shenanigans abound. They're seeing black crystals in hallways. I mean, I'd, I'd probably start kissing somebody.
0: Oh, really? That's your go-to? <laughs> Interesting interesting yep. can't keep your hands off people if a bunch <laughs> of people are committing suicide off the side of ships all right well we do
1: get we do get one little bit of backstory right we see Oleg the, the photo draw, uh falls of the statue of liberty that he's been kind of eyeing in previous episodes and he makes mention that it's not like a girl that he's going to see in new york it's his brother so we've got a little glimpse of of Oleg's backstory
0: yep i did appreciate ling yi's like is that from a woman and he's like, no, 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 baby. No, 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 no,
1: We're It's just, just me and
0: you. And she's like, is that a picture of a woman? He's like, well, it's the Statue of Liberty. And she's like, how do you know her? When did you, t-? like, Anyways. <laughs> Daniel is on the mountaintop and he walks over to the grave and Tom who do you think is in this grave
1: I feel like this grave is Mora? Mora's mom or maybe the brother Okay maybe This is Cillian Murphy I don't okay. I don't know I like yeah it, it's so prominent that I feel like it needs to be somebody like, prominent. Like, I don't think it's going to be one of the ancillary main characters that we've seen backstories of so far. I, I still just keep thinking that it, it could be the brain of Mara is what we're using for all of these shenanigans that's going on. And maybe, okay. like, her body is actually buried here. And they're okay. just tapping into her brain and subconscious to, to see these memories or something. I, I don't know. Where, where are you at here?
0: Well, it's either Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> or it is... A gentleman by the name of wake up because that's what was written on the tombstone from the other episode so do you think
1: the obvious answer is mara's mom because like the next sequence we have here is her talking about like you know the mom had like kind of dementia was forgetting the kids and that kind of kicks off the father wanting to build this hospital and study the brain is that supposed like the obvious answer it's just the mom
0: yeah the obvious answer would be the mom but i also think this is a show where that Grave just might be symbolic. Like if we're in right. someone's head and it's just memories, like, and it's a um, unknown, you know, grave, then it could be any number of things. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, a show like this, I would say it is. We'll probably not find out, um, but I would like to leave a gap in this recording so that I can come <laughs> okay. and edit in the right answer. <laughs> uh, when I do find out that it is very important who is buried in that grave, as you mentioned, we then find out that Mara's mother was in a mental hospital, and so the father, in an attempt to like understand the human brain and why people go mad and all these things, built this this mental hospital in, in order to uh, you know understand the mind and help fix it. Uh, Because Can I ask
1: you you a question right there? Is this a mental hospital? Yeah. Do you think there's multiple patients and stuff here? Or is this all, this entire building is this guy's house and his manor, and he just built like this wing of it to study the brain? Like, it's a mental hospital. I think the door
0: says mental hospital in one time. Also, the doors Mm -hmm. are numbered, which makes me think you would have multiple patients in different rooms with numbered
1: rooms. Okay.
0: So, yeah, that's but you're chasing something there. Talk, talk to me. What are, what are you chasing? Well, you think it's I, someone's residence and then there's just a wing where they have chairs I and orderlies like and experiments?
1: <laughs> We've just seen this building like kind of shapeshift, I think, throughout this episode, and I'm still confused as to where like the father, Henry, or the creator guy, if we want to call him the creator, where he is. Like, Is he like actually in this manor? Or yeah, no? he's he's somewhere else. He's in another. No, no, no. Dream world. If
0: if you're talking about when he looks at the window and sees the pyramid, no, that's somewhere else. But when you're talking yeah. about like him in her memory, I do think like he is probably living on site. But I think this was maybe normal for back in the day, where like those those people that like were doctors at a at a hospital, they probably had like living quarters and an office mm-hmm. and those types of places. I don't think he was. Like, he's not commuting to somewhere on that mountainside, if that
1: makes <laughs> That's fair. any sense. Because, like, yeah, like, that—that this mental hospital can't exist in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, right. it's too remote. It's too ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm interested to see really where the father is here.
0: Right. Well, let me ask you this. When you were trying to get off the White Lightning, I mean, that center that we sent you to, that was kind of out in the woods, out in the, that was up on a mountaintop. Um, well, yeah and
1: then when it started to snow it was really triggering for me
0: right yeah 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 that's what i recall <laughs> from the telegraphs you kept sending us and we were like just hang in there buddy you'll be
1: okay all, all that i sent you were lines oh, just lines
0: just white out <laughs>
1: sweet sweet whiteout lines.
0: white out poured on a piece of paper which is really confusing because that's white on white but anyways <laughs> tom's better now everyone thanks for your uh donations and prayers <laughs>
1: I do appreciate that we've established my my background of a (laughs) drug-addicted cocaine crazy person.
0: It's fine. No one important listens to this. Um, (laughs) I think this is where they open a window and they discover the metal on the other side, and it's like riveted in terms of not riveting, but riveted in (laughs) terms of the way that metal was combined together yeah i think
1: ike even says it. he's like this is the ship's hole and then he sees it through a window mara then goes over to like just a panel on the wall rips it apart and sees another another part of the ship's hole so is is your perspective is this are we inside the pyramid are we inside the ship like where are we and how does this i mean i it's probably stupid even talk about how the physics of this work because the physics of this don't work but is this all like a simulation inside the ship?
0: No, this is not a simulation inside the ship. This is a simulation inside someone's brain. And so the brain is just filling in the gaps. Mm -hmm. This is very much like the matrix where they like open the window and it's a brick wall. And they're like, oh, something changed. Deja vu. I don't know. This is...
1: It's true. There are a lot of parallels. There are
0: so many parallels. So if you took Lost, The Matrix, and a drunk German... Like, you've got this show. I think those are the three things. Don't forget Inception. Oh, I'm sorry. And Inception. You threw them all into a blender and ran them through a meat grinder and made sausage with them. This is what you get. (laughs) Ramiro and Danish Daddy... I don't know his name. So, Danish Daddy. If she's Mother Danish, she's going to be Danish Daddy. Uh, I'm going to try not to put any flair on it when I say Daddy. Um, I'm just going to say it like a normal man would. Um, Romero and Danish Daddy are hanging mm-hmm. out in the old telegraph room with their best bud, first mate, right? They're all just going to hang out forever.
1: Well, and it's it's funny because the first mate knows, like, there's obviously no point to any of this. And he seemingly kind of breaks protocol here. This is when he kind of takes off and says, like, this is pointless. And he goes and does his own thing. So then we get a little bit of back and forth with uh, these other two characters.
0: Yeah, he's like, listen, you guys hang out here. I'm going to go watch Red Zone. And they were like, wait, what? (laughs) And he's like, oh, I I mean, I'm going to go aft to the starboard side. And they're like, why would you say red zone? What's red zone? And he's like, nothing. It's not a modern thing where you can watch every football team, you know, once they reach the 20-yard line. Anyways, they're like, what's football? He's like, not important. I'm going to go fish Uno. And then he leaves. We find, oh, Daddy Danish starts talking about Mother Danish, and he's like, you know... I just went with it when she started hearing from God, and uh, I don't know. There's a lot of confessions that happen here between Romero and Daddy Danish, but neither of them. Once again, Tom, there's a theme. They're not speaking the same language. <laughs> Romero speaking Spanish, and uh, Daddy Danish is speaking something. I don't know Danish. <laughs> Uh, could be who knows there's no way of knowing they don't give us any context clues but uh, we find out that daddy danish doesn't believe in god didn't want to be a priest just wanted to be a farmer but i think because of his wife became a priest which is a bad reason to become a
1: priest do you think it's interesting like ramiro's reaction like we've established that ramiro is not a priest right but he seemingly is like saying like I don't think he says like absolve you of your sins or maybe he does but like he's being very like religious in, in his response to to Daddy Danish
0: yeah I like Ramiro like I feel like <laughs> Ramiro of all the characters we've seen uh, is rather redeemable and I hope good things for Ramiro uh, but yeah I did find this interesting because once again he has no idea what Daddy Danish is saying but his <laughs> response to it is you know you'll You'll be forgiven, or whatever he says in that moment, which maybe Ramiro thinks he's Jesus, I don't know, I don't know what's going <laughs> on here. I just know that they're not speaking the same language, and you can't tell me, Tom, you cannot tell me that love is the reason these two are communicating. Like, I don't know yeah, I'm
1: Ramiro does this. kiss him later <laughs> that, that
0: was funny. <laughs> They're like, listen, Daddy Danish, we need you to look a little bit surprised and off-put when Ramiro kisses you. That was funny. All right, we go. We've got Mrs. Wilson. We've got Mother Danish. And Mother Danish is like, listen, this is all a part of God's plan. It's all going to be okay. And then Mrs. Wilson is like, cool, cool, cool. And she touches the black crystal and it gets stuck on her finger. And this is interesting
1: because like the way the crystal comes out, like it's kind of like almost like pulsating. And when she gets close, it like kind of attacks her finger. Like it it went for
0: her. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It was the black crystal's fault. It wasn't her fault. (laughs) And then the start stuff's growing everywhere, and so my thought was, does this stuff, like, once it has human contact, does it then, like, feed off that, and that's why it starts to multiply?
1: Is that... Um... Yeah, because it seemed like they did it, like, outside of her room, then it was just, the stuff was everywhere, and it was growing, like, super fast, so maybe, but, I mean, obviously we see at the end, she's back on the, the top of the ship on deck, so she was able to get out of her room, it wasn't completely engulfed with it, so... Clearly, we're going to get more from this, but I do have to ask you, and this is probably similar to our outer range question, like, would you have touched this? Would you have jumped in the hole? Would you have touched this black stuff? Like me,
0: like as who I am now? No, because I'm a married man. So no, I would not touch it. Um, You know, if if we're saying just in the context of the show, if I had consent, yes, I would touch it (laughs) if it gave me consent. It's a lesson for you kids. All right. Tove sees that same weird man with the facial hair in her mem- in her memory. Uh, and then I think this is the time she comes around the hay wagon and she sees uh, Crester like frozen, like holding mm-hmm. his hands up. and this is obviously a memory because she's not pregnant, the show. <laughs> <laughs> this show is kind of like listen, we need the audience to recognize that she's not pregnant. So she does this like like very obvious like padding of the belly <laughs> yeah. and we're like, "Okay, got it. She's not pregnant. So this mm-hmm. is a previous memory. Got it, got it, got it." So she comes around and you kind of think time is frozen, right? But then either time either time happens or like you're supposed to be thrown off and think time is frozen.
1: Right? Well, I think this is we we brought this up like in multiple background or not background but like uh, flashbacks that they've had when the character enters the scene the scene starts frozen like as a moment of time so it's just like here but which is also interesting because we saw in the last episode that seemingly the boy can kind of freeze time so the concept of freezing time is kind of hitting both in these flashbacks and what's on the prometheus but yeah so she kind of comes in and then once she kind of establishes and figures out what's going on in the scene then it kind of kicks in with the creepy guy looking at her. And I don't know what he gestures, but ultimately ends up shooting Crester, And that's how Crestor gets the scar in his face.
0: Yep. Crestor gets shot in the face. Tove dives for the gun. And then Tove is back on the ship. And we see room 2102, which I know has significance because we've seen that room before. Because I was like, oh, that's the room above one zero one one and i realized my mistake but two one zero two has some sort of significance do you have any insight on that number or that wasn't
1: that i thought when you made that reference and you thought it was like above the room wasn't that clement's and lucian's room
0: that might be that sounds right
1: again i don't know what to your point like if the idea is everybody's got a hatch underneath their suite or door or um, room that takes them to kind of their memories like we've seen with uh, ike's and mara's i mean she's obviously in like stereo doesn't have her own room so i wonder how you would access her memory dream fields of wherever they were
0: yeah good point some of the show is confusing what's not confusing is the first mate walks over to that cabinet that we have keep imprisoning <laughs> the boy in gets in like a normal person i'm like oh this guy's gonna play hide and go seek and then some light shines around and he teleports somewhere we find out where he teleports, but I'm not going to tell you, audience. <laughs> Anyways, Mara and Captain Larson remind us, oh, the audience, that the boy was saying something about a creator, uh, and so this is the show being like, hey, remember when we mentioned the creator? This is going to be important soon.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, like you had mentioned, like there's there's a lot of like hand holding kind of going on here, like longingly looking into each other's eyes. So. You've you've mentioned it. You you think that they're they're falling in like with each other?
0: Oh, I don't think it's just in like, Tom. I think oh, it's really? in like like. I think
1: you think they're like. literally speaking the same language. I think
0: mm, no, no one in the show is speaking the same language. So <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. That would be crazy. Um, there's a lot of forearm grabbing. Like one of them tries to move and there the other is. one grabs the forearm, very and nice. everyone knows the most. Sorry, kids, close your ears. The most erogenous zone. <laughs> is the upper forearm Tove unfortunately finds ada's doll as she's wandering around and this flash is a memory and then i believe this is kind of when we go into it all and it is terrible in every sense of the word so i'm gonna get through this but we've got The farmer, who is apparently the guy with the bad facial hair, he's got the family at gunpoint. Uh, We find out that Crester had relations with his son. And so as some form of revenge, the farmer then assaults Tove. And she picks up a rock and kills him. And Mm -hmm. this is all very terrible, very tragic. And I wish everyone got to throw a rock at that guy's head because he <laughs> was terrible.
1: Yeah. This was a terrible sequence. Hard to watch. Cause it's like all happening, like in front of the family, everything that's going on is just, it's awful. But I mean, the assumption is that we're supposed to believe that this is the baby, right? Like that she got assaulted here and that is the father of her child.
0: That is what the show is. Yes telegraphing okay. us to believe that's what i think yes mm-hmm. cannot Don't say strongly on. or enough that i wish she beat him with that rock uh, more and more and more we go from there and i believe Tove comes too and clements is kind of comforting her mm-hmm. um, and there's a weird thing here where like i think clements notices Blood on her? Is that... Am I remembering that right?
1: Well, no, like, this is the first time, I think, when Tove comes back from this dream sequence, um, she's covered in blood. So, like, the blood from this guy that she just killed, um, which I don't think we've seen in any of the other ones, like, when they've kind of come back.
0: So, something physical from the dream sequence, Mm -hmm. in this one, it, like, literally is on her, where you're saying from other dream sequences when people come to, there hasn't been, like, a physical manifestation of anything else
1: yeah i don't think so
0: then we have a little bonding moment over the shoveling of coal we've got Lucien lucen that's what it's called and jerome <laughs> and lucen's like hey listen man i'm real sorry about having you thrown in jail and like you being accused of cowardice and all those things turns out you got the good end of the stick because i'm dying there's something in my brain which i didn't feel like this was a great apology i just didn't really <laughs> uh, if i was if i was jerome i'd be like i hope that aneurysm gets you right now um, <laughs> but i'm a little bit more vindictive than jerome apparently
1: yeah it's weird it's kind of like lucian's like trying to say like oh, you got what you wish for kind of a thing like i am dying and it's clearly like a look on jerome's face he doesn't really know how to take it and and what to what to make of it Yep. And in this moment, much
0: like a clapper, the power comes on. And then we cut from there, and we have... (laughs) I found this. I found this sequence uh, pretty funny. Uh, Romero and Daddy Danish need to steer the ship. (laughs) And so Daddy Danish starts grabbing all the books. (laughs) And Romero, to his credit, can read a lat long on a map, which was pretty cool. But it's just like Daddy Danish is grabbing all these, like, how to Steer a Ship for Dummy Books. And, uh, and then he opens it up and realizes all of them say the same thing. And it says, may your coffee kick in before your reality does. Which, Oof. I mean, may your coffee kick in before your reality does. I didn't look this phrase up, so I don't know if there's any. But that feels like a really modern phrase, right? That feels like...
1: Yeah, it almost feels like something that is literally on somebody's coffee mug that they like read or something. I don't know. my My immediate uh, sensation or reading this or seeing this on screen was like I felt bad for the prop guy that had to type this out this many times. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he probably used copy and paste, but that's a lot in, in these books because they well, do flip through pages and it's all the exact same.
0: Right, and it has to be at that diagonal where the where the letters <laughs> yeah. line up. So yeah, I'm with you. I feel bad too. So. Uh... Yeah, that one was strange. We then cut and we've got the father in modern times or current times, whatever it is. And he's talking to the first mate and he's like, listen, we need the boy. We need the boy in the pyramid.
1: Mm -hmm. This is where I think the first mate says like, we've got 48 hours until the transfer, which again, interesting phrasing here, but we've got two days before seemingly stuff is going to reset, I guess right and he
0: the dad has some comment where he's like you know people are too afraid or they don't want to see reality they can't see reality once again this was very like matrixy of like there's a world beyond the world we like see and feel
1: yeah here so i wrote this down i want to read this because i feel like this is is got to be a big like reveal here right like you can go back and rewatch this and it'll make sense later on once we know more about what the show is trying to do. So he says, people only see what they want to see. They're imprisoned by their mind's restrictions. And this is when he kind of gestures and holds this like, you know, black rock that looks similar to the pyramid uh, that the boy has and similar to the black py- uh, uh, kind of crystals that are taking over the ship. Mm-hmm. And as the first mate reaches for it, the rock just fades to dust and just kind of falls away. So clearly like, the The first mate is not, like, he's his mind is restricted and not being able to see, I guess, what's in front of him. Uh, but then he continues and says, all they have to do is shift their perspective to see the full scope of things. Again, very cryptic. Who knows exactly what it means, but I feel like you could probably go back and watch that sequence and things will make sense. It will sure. be more profound later on.
0: And this is all happening as they're standing in a field of... Black crystal and weird mm-hmm. rock. Well, this also plays to the, um, the Dickinson poem in the beginning about how the mind, like what the mind can contain, like and um, the depths in which the human consciousness can, like the worlds that the mind can contain. Mm-hmm. And so as you were talking about that, like if we're imprisoned by our minds' restrictions, but if we opened our minds, I don't know. Part of me just thinks this is a pro-marijuana. Uh, this whole thing is <laughs> just an ad for pro-marijuana. Or mushrooms, maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> we cut from that to Mara and dr larson we see some of the black crystal what's up
1: he's a doctor now
0: captain dr larson (laughs) he's in the asylum so you know his title changes okay thank you tom one day i'll be the smart one (laughs) the black crystal is growing all over the asylum too daniel shows up and he's like mara i need you to remember i need you to remember who i am i think this is where he uses his poppet and he sends captain larson away we think that he's going to do what he did to everyone else like kill them but instead Mm -hmm. he sends them so i guess my question is when these guys get poppeted do they just go to their like trauma dream
1: or no Okay, this is different. Because, yeah, I, and, then, and the reason I'd say that is because we don't see, like, Ike's no body, body just fall to the ground right there, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe that's where his mind goes, No bodies where body the body goes. Because yeah. so I think at this point in there, <laughs> good, in the P.O.D. reference? Yeah,
0: no P.O.D., bodies hit <laughs> the floor. Yeah. There goes um, the boom.
1: But, <laughs> um, but this is, like they were kind of like starting to march Daniel away and he was kind of like listening and they were going to like lock him in that room. But he turns around and says like to Maura, um, I'm not going to leave her again. So I think maybe he's like whispering to himself. But so, so clearly he's, this might be just a rehash of the idea that this, this um, sequence is repeating itself over and over again, or maybe something in their past life. Like he does not want to leave her side at all. So I just thought that was kind of interesting line to say it right? right as this whole sequence kind of jumps off. But yeah, he's, he sends Ike to the forest to do, I don't know what, but at least sends him away.
0: And then we find out that Daniel is not her brother. He's not her father. He is, I was going to say not her lover, but actually that might be confusing. <laughs> we find out that Daniel is her husband. They have been married for 12 years?
1: And so, again, very interesting timing here, right? Like 12 years ago, it says apparently when they got married. I don't know how old this kid is, but I would venture 12 years sounds about right. Like, do you think this boy is their kid?
0: I mean, that is a very good conjecture. That is something (laughs) that I would feel confident conjecturing. That would make sense why the boy is such a poor communicator with her, because boys (laughs) typically are bad at communicating with their mothers. <laughs> um Daniel does say that like none of this is real, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I love you, please wake up." And she responds to that by shutting the door on his face.
1: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know how. I think mean, she has a gun in his face this whole sequence, and she's just like, I think really good acting here too by this actress, where she's trying to make sense of all this, but realizes she's, like she can't, so she just needs to like lock him out and think about it because i think at this point she like runs back into the woods and or not the woods but i guess the the fields and kind of talks to herself again saying she's not crazy and all that stuff but i do like what was going on here because this is he's he specifically tells her to please wake up which is what we've heard mara tell every other character yep. in this So it's kind of like he's trying to wake her up while potentially Mara is trying to wake up all the other people. So, again, it's like that Inception level kind of thing. Maybe Daniel, you know, Mara is the Daniel to all the other people on the ship.
0: Yeah. No, I like the idea that we are all in Mara's dream and that, like, Daniel has somehow, in an attempt to wake her up and bring her back, like, hopped into the dream. Mm -hmm. And this all has something to do with, you know, shipping magnets and (laughs) um, magnates. I think I am still working on that word, even from the (laughs) Ted Lasso podcast. (laughs) Mara, as one does, because this is what guns are for, throws the gun and she hits (laughs) an invisible glass wall. This was all like, I don't know, this show... There's never a point in this show where I see something and I'm like, "Oh, that's a dumb effect," or like, "That's really done poorly." Like everything mm-hmm. in this show, I don't know what their budget is. I don't know have any idea. I'm assuming it's not a billion dollars <laughs> um, much like that other show that we will no longer name. <laughs> uh, but it all looks good. So she throws the gun, she she hits the invisible glass wall, which is a cool effect.
1: It's a better effect than her just walking into it. <laughs>
0: And it's just a smudge. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but as Great. she's doing this, we do get the like uh, quick shot of the father watching from all the TV monitors that we've seen before. And it's just kind of like a drone shot, kind of like bird's eye view of her. Yep. And she's been doing all this, like screaming, like, I know you're out there, I know you're watching me kind of thing. So she's clearly um, she's figured part of this out.
0: Yep. And then really cool effect here. She peels off that panel. And she sees more steel, but just Mm -hmm. the way like she like peels it away. And uh, I don't know. It's super cool. Um, And all I came to the conclusion of is, okay, I think we can definitively say she's not living in the real world. Right. (laughs) I think that's where we're at.
1: Yes, I think that's fair. And it makes me keep thinking about like the beetle and what this beetle is function is, because it seems to be some sort of like gateway between the ship and this dream world. I got no idea what to make of it, but my mind just keeps kind of going back to what is the significance of the beetle and, and bring people, you know, to and from their, their dream sequences here.
0: Yeah. I don't know if the beetle is the gateway so much as the beetle is the key. And there's a bunch of gateways and you have mm-hmm. to have a beetle the, I mean, once the beetle walks into the wall though, like where does the beetle go? I don't think we ever see Ringo again, you know, until he shows up somewhere it's else. Kinda,
1: yeah. He's a magical beetle. And they've, they've said that about Ringo. You ever hear Yellow Submarine? Magical. I've
0: never even heard of that. Is that a TV show? (laughs) What is that? Is it some sort of sea craft? A storm rolls in and Ike is climbing. I'm sorry. Dr. Captain Larson is climbing (laughs) through the hatch on the Prometheus. Mm. So he has been sent by Daniel to the woods. He then climbs through the hatch to the Prometheus And then we get a bunch of ships that look just like the Prometheus, all like darkened and black and like listing. Uh, So it's like this has happened a lot of times,
1: right? Yeah, and I guess the question is like, is each of these a different project? Like, because we saw in that like memo that was sent to the father, this was Project Cerberus. Was the previous one Project Prometheus? Are all these other ships different names of projects? Are they literally all copies or versions of the Prometheus? You know, I don't know, and I'm not sure if it matters. But I do like the idea of like this line being echoed a couple times here in this last sequence, which starts with Mara, where she kind of says like this can't be real. And then it cuts to Tove, who's on the deck, seeing the storm roll in, and I would assume she saw all of the maybe ships in the in the background. I don't think they see it from her perspective, but she says the same line. This can't be real. And then again, when Ike looks out and sees all these abandoned ships, he gives the same line. So clearly everybody is is unraveling here and
0: Well, maybe I missed something. Wouldn't Tove be on the Cerberus and then. Toby's Ike is... on the
1: Cerberus with Clements and uh Mrs. Wilson. I think they're all like walking, or maybe even Mother Danish is there too, I'm not sure. But they all like maybe finished their search and they were on deck, and that's when you kind of see the storm roll in. So they're definitely still on the, the Cerberus.
0: Okay, but the person that can see all the other ships would only be Captain Larson because he's on the Prometheus, right? Which is in a different spot.
1: Yes, maybe. I don't know, because that, that storm rolls in and then it just shows us her the perspective of uh, Toe like, looking at it, and then she says that line, this can't be real. So I don't mm. think she would say that line if it's literally just a storm rolling in. That seems pretty plausible in the middle of the ocean. Um, so something tells me she saw something.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Well, Tom, tell me what's happening in this show. Explain it to me. <laughs> tell me, just really break it down. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> And then explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old. Dude, I wish I could. These
1: were, I'll be honest, these were difficult pods or episodes to pod about, especially back-to-back because there's so much going on in these than there have been in the other ones. I liked kind of maybe more the pacing of the earlier episodes where we get mystery, but it's more character-focused. They've thrown so much at us in these last two episodes where I think it's been fun and I think I've enjoyed it, but man, do I have no idea what they're going to do with with the last two and you had mentioned it before too. Are they going to give us some sort of satisfying conclusion to this season? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit too like ambiguous and you know, you might want more, but you're not going to get a satisfying conclusion.
0: I would say they are probably going to give us enough to like make this season make sense, but lead us into season two with a wait, what? Um, I do appreciate you saying, I think I enjoyed this. (laughs) I can definitively say I am enjoying this show because this show exercises the brain in such a way that, like, you don't have to worry about poor acting, weird, like, effects or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. well acted. Like, it all looks great. And it's just like, hey, we're going to throw some crazy world building and storytelling at you that you have to try and figure out. Tom, you and I have sat through a lot of shows and movies and the way my brain works is it is constantly like trying to like game, the game and figure (laughs) out where we're going. And what I appreciate shows like this, and maybe I'll be wrong when we get to episode eight, but like, I don't, I mean, I can compare this to a couple of other shows, but it's so weird And like Mm -hmm. off its rocker that I don't know that I'm going to guess like there's there's not enough being telegraphed here that I can be like, oh, this is going to happen. Like I've seen Mm -hmm. this before. Like we are in uncharted waters. We are in the Bermuda (laughs) Triangle, Tom. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm loving it. Much like McDonald's. I'm loving it, man.
1: We do need to get shirts that say I don't know. Because it fits very perfectly with the show.
0: Tom, uh, I don't need a shirt because I have it tattooed uh, on my chest. Big bold letters just says, I don't know. Um, but for those of you still listening, we appreciate you. Uh, if you have questions or conjectures up into episode six, uh, feel free to reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com tom will talk about the other handles that we use right now
1: yeah team binge or team binge podcast find us on twitter instagram follow us join in on the conversation um we've got two more episodes left which we'll probably need to record separately because we don't want to have any sort of spoiler stuff going into the finale so uh, we'll try to get these out into your ear holes as quick as we can Uh, Because we know, just like all of you guys, you're probably itching to watch the next uh, episode. So uh, we'll get them to you soon.
0: Yes, we will. Now, Tom, uh, we haven't done this in a little while. But uh, oftentimes at the end, we talk about other media that we are consuming. uh, Or something we want to encourage other people to watch. Which is really difficult because 1899 is taking up all of my brain power right now. (laughs) But is there something out there that you are uh, consuming or watching that you would like to recommend for the folks at home?
1: Uh, no. No. Okay. I got nothing this week. What do you got?
0: Wonderful. <laughs> I would like to recommend, and maybe I have already done this, but there's a documentary on Netflix called Stars in the Sky A Hunting Story. Mm-hmm. And it is. Uh, an interesting uh, perspective on the pastime of hunting by a guy named Stephen Ranella. and uh, it's just very beautifully shot. It's very interesting, um, and so I would recommend that if you love animals, maybe don't watch it. I <laughs> guess would be or do I don't know. I'm not your mother. So, um,
1: are you my mother? <laughs>
0: I'm not the boy, I'm not Mara, and I'm not Daniel. So (laughs) I don't know what's going on. But thank you for joining us. We will be back for Episode 7. And then after that, spoilers, we'll be back for Episode 8. I have been
1: Julian. (laughs) And I've been Tom. Till next time, everybody. Have a good one.